Hello, I'm Trina from akvonline.com and this is part 3 of the story for friends. Previously in scene 1, the writer Richard was dumbfounded finding melancholy God suddenly in his bedroom. After disbelief though, Richard came to realize that God was there to help him finish writing a play. Scene 2 started with Charles reminding choleric God that Richard needs every bit of a nudge so that he'll finish writing the play. It ended with Charles remembering a painful part of his life and with God being there. Scene 3 The sanguine Nicole is in her bedroom, playing with her phone. Then there was music, and Nicole came to see who it was. It was Sanguine God. Sanguine God and hers. Nicole, looking bored. Okay, it's you again. Sanguine God. Today is also the start of a new month, daughter. I'm so excited about this month because this month brings new joy to us all. All you need to do now is to listen and to know like what you must do for the whole week from today. Like what you must do for the whole of your life. I call this a time of education and re-education. You will learn new things about me. You will be thankful to me because you will be so overwhelmed, so full of joy. You are one of my earthen vessels, one of my swords, folded, honed, and kept strong. Nicole Bored. I'd rather be a princess. Sanguine God. But you see, you shall strike the hearts of people through dancing and singing. You will be on stage. You are going to bring my temple to the hearts of many, and they may be happy of my love too. You will invite people whom you love, and you will invite people who you will love. You will invite all. Believe in me and love. Whenever you talk to others, Talk to them with me in your heart. Together with them and with me, there will always be a group discussion. Nicole. <laughs> okay, that's it. Group discussion, all that talk, all that long talk, that grandiose entry that you made just to tell me that I should have a group discussion with everyone so that when I speak to anyone, I not only speak to him, but I also include you so that we could have a group discussion. Sanguine God. What, what, what's wrong with that? I'm just saying that you be a light to others and be a light to yourself. I'm just saying never forget to pray to me, even when you're in the middle of a conversation. Nicole, I pray to you during the mornings. I pray to you during the nights. You are my inspiration, my strength, my fortress, my refuge. You know all these things, and you tell me not to forget you? 
Sanguine God, I want you to become a warrior for my name. Nicole, I'd rather be a princess. Sanguine God, I want your love to be purified. I want your dreams to reflect me, your God. I have equipped you with tools beyond your imagination. I have given you so much things. Nicole, pretending to be hysterical. Oh God, oh God, I know these things and I won't forget all these things. Sanguine God and Nicole. Okay, you win. Something is bothering me. You've been shoving to me all these changes and they're happening so fast. Honestly, I thank you for all of them, my God. But do help me. I have been losing my focus on you again. All these changes happening And they're fun, but I admit I forget you at times and I feel guilty as you can see. I keep stumbling and stumbling. I think of other things aside from you. Okay, you got me. All I really want is to be with you. But sometimes I forget and I feel guilty. Sanguine God, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. Nicole, but I'd forget. Think, for example, what can happen when I am on stage. Sanguine God, huh? Nicole, I want to think about you, no? Well, that's going to be harder on stage because I have to think about what I'm acting. Sanguine God, well... Nicole, just imagine, what if they talk me into being a bird? Of course, I have to think about being a bird while on stage. I mean, I have to sing like a bird, like tweet, tweet. Tweet, how can I think about you when I think of acting like a bird? I must think like a bird, else people will throw things at me on stage. Could you just imagine what could happen if for a moment I have thought about you and the many good things that you intend for me to do, that I might lose my concentration and suddenly, suddenly not sing anymore. No more tweets, tweets, tweets. Sanguine God. Come on, are you serious, child? Nicole, but it's the truth. That could happen. Sanguine God, I think I should tell you that you think of me before you go on stage. You can talk to me before you go on stage and then perhaps give me a flying kiss. When you go on stage, you think like a bird and I will understand that every moment of your acting is acting with me. Understand? Nicole, maybe you're right. Nicole, whispering, talking to the audience. That's what I do. Often, I talk to God in a cute way so that I get to avoid Him telling me what to do. Well, of course, He remembers and tells me anyway. But I do love the acting. Sanguine God, who are you talking to? Nicole, no one. Phone rings. It is Charles. Nicole, oh, hello, Charles. What can I do for you? A play? And you want me to act on it? The lead actress? Wow! Are you kidding me? Do I get to sing or dance? I am very excited, you know. Thursday, three days from now, no problem, no problem. I shall inform the others and I shall make sure Richard knows how thankful I am for this play. To God, could you believe that? I'm gonna be in a play. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Sanguine God. Well, congratulations. Nicole. Thank you, thank you. 
Now I wonder what kind of play it will be. He used to let me read those drafts and I'd get excited every time he says there's a scene for me. Sally, though, he never finishes a play. He keeps on changing and changing the stories. I remember Astronaut John. I imagined him to be very handsome. He was supposed to be my knight in shining armor. He's your warrior god, and I was supposed to be the princess. <sighs> Richard also wrote about superhero Stan, and I was supposed to be his princess. Well, the leading lady. Then, Richard was supposed to write a very long fable. Something like the lion, the witch, and a very large canoe? End of scene 3. Scene 4. The setting is change. Amanda is in the studio waiting for someone. Phlegmatic God is behind her. Amanda, I know God, there are reasons for everything. There is a reason why you would allow me to feel this way. There are reasons why the people in our lives appear, why I'm knowing you the way I am knowing you right now. There are reasons why you are constantly becoming clearer and clearer to me. There are reasons why your heart was made vague to me then clear to me, then vague to me again. Things just get complicated. If you need to test me, then put me under fire. I pray that you would. Pragmatic God My dear daughter, how I miss you. I am here, you feel me, but you would not notice me. Amanda Doesn't notice phlegmatic God Sometimes, Father, I feel that you are talking to me directly and that I am not noticing you. But you do know my heart, Father. You know how loyal I am to you. If there will be a time when I shall falter, then give me grace that I will remain to you still. Phlegmatic God, I have always reminded you that you are dear to me. You will never be tired of me, my daughter. You will always be by my side. Amanda, doesn't notice phlegmatic God still. I would like to be by your side always, putting you on top of everything amidst pride, jealousy, infatuation. Phlegmatic God. It's not easy, my daughter, to love me. You know this, don't you? You know that following me would mean everything and that all the things we are accustomed to shall suddenly disappear so that only my mission in you will remain. Amanda, for the fastest time, you are disturbing me, and I am left moved, always moved. There are so many things to say about your love. God, make me available to those people who you would want me to be available for. May I always seek to love you more, in your own way. Bless me by making me rich in friends. Bless me by helping me focus on you in the process. Bless me by always talking about you with all people. I am your servant. Bless me, Father, so that I would think about you and not about him. Phlegmatic God Do not worry too much, daughter. 
I shall always lead you to good things, and you will know my works. I will discipline your mind so that it will always focus on me. Amanda God, look at my mind. Can you see it? I am thinking about... Please, empty my mind and heart so that they would only see you. You alone, God, my Father. Charles enters the room. Phlegmatic God exits the scene. Charles, Amanda, you're here ten minutes early. I'm so happy to see you. Where are the others? Amanda, I called them up. They said they're going to be here. Charles, good, good. Have you read Richard's first scene? I like it, actually, and I think he could get through writing everything. Amanda, is there something wrong? You look pale, almost sick. Charles was trying to catch Amanda's gaze, and when he did, Amanda looked at him as if in a trance. Amanda, looking away, I don't know, my head hurts. I'm trying to understand the certification I need to work for. Charles, you'll be able to work on that later, Amanda. When you're home, I have got to prepare some materials. Charles leaves. Amanda, I do not understand. Why doesn't he notice me? I know he's a good man. He just doesn't notice me. Charles enters bringing a flower vase and a guitar. Charles, Amanda. Amanda, yes, Charles. Those flowers, are those for... Amanda was going to say for me, but cut herself off when she realized that the flowers are props. Charles, Ah, that's the perfect place to put these flowers. Charles places the flowers on the table. Charles, do you think it would be good to have a guitar in a nun's room? Do nuns even play the guitar with their skirts and all? Hmm. What do you think of the flowers being there? Charles doesn't wait for Amanda to say anything. He exits. Phlegmatic God enters the scene again. Amanda, I can't do anything right. Phlegmatic God, you don't want to fail, Amanda. Amanda, now noticing God. Oh, God! Phlegmatic God, you can now see me? Amanda, of course I can see you. What makes you think I can't? Phlegmatic God, well, just a while ago you were babbling and babbling, not noticing. Anyway, what are you up to now? Amanda, remember that movie we watched three days ago? You gave the guy a gift, but he would not use it. It's because of the possibility of failing. Phlegmatic God. That is true. He is afraid of Amanda. Well, you told me what gift I have. You told me I could heal. Okay, then bring me those two who are sick, Father, so that I would pray for them and they be healed. The healing sword you showed me, I want it felt by the people around me. Help me use it, especially on him. Charles enters with a script on one hand. He is preoccupied reading the script. He can't see phlegmatic God. Amanda dreamily gazes at Charles. Phlegmatic God whispering to Amanda, Amanda, you have the wrong intentions of wanting to heal that man. You have your selfish motives. If you have that, I won't allow you to heal others. Charles suddenly lights up as if remembering something. He exits the scene. Phlegmatic God, you are a funny daughter. It is as if you're trying to bribe me. You would want me to be able to heal him before I heal anybody else? Amanda. Well, I can't help it. I'm afraid to do what you want me to do. 
Then I reasoned to myself that the only way I could ever move on with courage is when you have finally proven to me that I could heal. But I can never heal him. Phlegmatic God. Well, what you want me to do is to make him fall in love with you. Amanda. Ah, you're right. That's pretty sad. Phlegmatic God. Well, he knows you better than you realize, Amanda. Amanda. Do I really have to do that? Phlegmatic God. You must extend your influence, daughter. You must always be on good terms with yourself, then other people. You must become an instrument of my love. Amanda. Not easy. Not easy at all. But you are right. Help me, please, to have the purest of intentions. Phlegmatic God. Remember your prayer? Thank you, God, for letting me know the desires of my heart and following them in accordance to your will. You have surrendered yourself to me, Amanda. Trust me more than you trust anyone else. Phlegmatic God and Amanda leaves. There was noise. From the background, Nicole and Richard are heard talking. Then they both enter the scene. Nicole. What? In your own time? Richard. Yes, I shall finish the play, Nicole. I just don't know when. Richard and Nicole enters. Richard. I don't think Charles should have told you guys that we start practicing today. The script is not yet finished and I finish it on my own time. Nicole, of course, you finish it at your own time. All we ask is that you just write incessantly. Do not ever stop. Always write and be inspired. It's that simple. Richard, and where shall I get my ideas? Nicole, where shall you get your ideas? Where shall you get your ideas? Actually, I don't know where you shall be getting your ideas, but you have those gifts of dreams, of writing. Therefore, you must write. Incessantly, I must add. Richard, this is hopeless. You don't understand me. Nicole, think of it this way. What you're going to write shall move this group to a new level of understanding themselves. Just imagine, all those people watching your play, your script, of course I'm going to act on it. As lead actress, Richard sighs. Charles enters. Charles, at last you are here. Richard, looking at his watch. I think we came on time, Charles. Charles, yes, you did. You always do come on time, Richard. But I was sort of worried because you were with Nicole here. Nicole, I resent that. You can't expect me to be late every time. I simply won't allow you. Charles, well then, you come as early as you can, then maybe I'd change my mind about you. Richard, that's rude, Charles. Nicole, yeah, that's rude. Charles, well, I don't care. Amanda enters. Amanda, Charles, I've prepared the things you said we need. And Nicole, Richard, you are here, good. Um, is there something wrong? Richard, nothing much, Amanda. We just had a little misunderstanding. Amanda, again? Nicole, it's about little stuffs, actually. It's just that Charles is thinking much about it and... Charles, you stop complaining, Nicole. Nicole, see, he's being rude. Charles is irritated with Nicole but tries to calm down. Charles, with close fits on, on his side. You be quiet or else you won't get to act in the play. Amanda goes to Nicole. Amanda whispers at Nicole. Don't try to irritate him. We know he's only trying to make a good play out of this one we're making. 
Nicole forces herself to be satisfied with Amanda's reasoning. Amanda, anyway, we're here for a reason. We would like to present a play and that is what we're going to do. Richard, could you tell us about the play, please? Richard, hesitantly. Well, I haven't finished with the play yet. I've only finished two scenes. Anyway, the play begins at the back of a monastery where the two friends were talking, well whispering. The nun in our play is trying to become a contemplative nun, so she must not see any of her friends or relatives, but her friend Lena. Lena is very persistent, so she climbs up the monastery walls and finds the nun watering the plants of the garden. Nicole, I could see it, so I'm going to be Lena and climb the monastery walls like this way. She pretends to be hanging on a rope, or probably this way. She pretends to be climbing the wall. Or maybe we could add a catapult to throw me over the walls. Charles, sarcastically, that sounds great. And maybe we could throw you outside, etc. as well. Nicole, brushing the comment aside. So Richard, what happens during their talk? Richard, blah, blah, blah. They talk about a lot of girlish things when they see each other. Then Lena talks about how she wants to change her life so that she'd be doing... Things of service. That would be the start of her search. That would be the end of the first scene. Amanda. It sounds very interesting. I wonder how it will end. Charles. That's exactly what I was thinking of. The story starts very good, Richard. I just don't know how you'll continue with the plot. How shall you be developing the characters? Richard. I still don't know. Somehow I can't bring myself to write the second scene. I'm thinking of making the first scene, the last scene. Charles, no, I don't think you should be doing that. Making the first scene, the last scene. I mean, it wouldn't be good. It would somewhat be worse. Richard, somewhat irritated. What do you mean worse? Charles, well, not worse, worse. That's not what I meant. You have good writing, but... Richard, yes. Charles, I just can't understand why you would talk about friends in the first place. What's so exciting about that? Shouldn't you be focusing on something exciting like war? A lot of gunshots happening around? Nicole pretends to be in the middle of a gunfight with she herself holding a gun. Richard, sadly. Are you saying that I don't make good plots? Charles. That wasn't what I meant. I was just trying to say that if you have made it into a war story, for example, then it would have been more exciting, more interesting. Amanda to Charles. Stop that, Charles. You know that he's a good writer. Charles whispers. I know. I was just trying to make the script better. Amanda. Well, you make your own script and we act on it next time. Charles looks at Amanda but somehow gave in. To Richard. But your script will do. We don't need to change anything. I think what you have done here is good, but... Amanda looks at Charles sternly. Charles, seeing Amanda's reaction, changes the way he was saying things. Richard, your script is the best. I could already see it. The story, two friends being together. I like it already, Richard. Richard, still sad. Okay, thanks. Amanda, no need to worry, Richard. We know that you'll be able to finish the play and you'll make the audience laugh or cry. It really depends on you. Richard, you think so, Amanda? Well, thanks. Amanda, okay then. Charles, 
You and Richard talk about how we're going to do this. Meanwhile, Nicole, let's get some food. Charles, ah, very good. Nicole and Amanda exits. Richard playfully punches Charles on the shoulder. I can't believe it, Charles. Why can't you admit to yourself that you like Amanda? Charles, I do. Richard, yes, you do. Charles, impossible. That's someone, there's someone else in my mind. Richard, but Amanda is the one in your heart. Charles, and you're an expert at this because you can't even write a good script. Richard, that's what you think exactly, but still you succumb to Amanda when she tells you that I write a good script. Charles, well, she's a good person. Richard, and I'm not. Charles, hey, I could always disagree with you. Richard, but you don't want to disagree with Amanda. Charles, what are you saying? Richard, it's either you're unfair or you're in love. Charles, you shouldn't be thinking as if you know everything. What if I do love Amanda? Richard, so you do love Amanda? Charles, I'm not saying that. Richard, so what are you saying? Charles, I don't know how to court her. We've been friends for the longest time, but still I can't bring myself to court her. Richard, you have to figure that out, man. Hey, Amanda's coming. Amanda enters. Richard, as I was saying, I would want to help Nicole. She said she would be cooking. I'd be able to help her with that, I think. If you need someone else to read the lines with you, Charles, I suggest you talk to Amanda here. Amanda, talk to me about what? Richard, about love. That's the plot of the whole play which Charles likes very much. Am I right, Charles? Whispers to Charles. This is your chance, boy. It's now or never. Richard gave a thumbs up to Charles before he leaves. Amanda, I don't get it. I thought the script was about friends. What's going on with him? Charles, nervously. No idea. Amanda, what's happening to you? Charles, to me? Nothing is happening to me. Like what Richard said? You just helped me about Amanda. Love. Charles, what? Amanda, Richard said I should help you with a script which is about love, right? Which is strange because he never told me about that. Charles, choking his words. Definitely about love. Awkward silence. Charles, um, Amanda? Amanda, what is it, Charles? Charles, say somebody courts you. Amanda to herself. Well, I don't know if I want somebody else other than you to court me. To Charles, let's not think of another man courting me. Charles, cutting her off. Well, what what if I'm the one I I am the one who would want to court you and Amanda, are you? Charles, am I what? Amanda, courting me. Charles, uh, may I? Amanda, do I need to allow you? Charles. Yes, I mean no. Uh, yes. Amanda, yes. Charles. Yes, I'm courting you from now on. Nicole and Richard enter, clapping their hands. You got it, man. You really got the nerve to tell her that. Nicole, we congratulate you. Charles, you too. How long have you been there? Richard, does it matter? We heard what we wanted to hear. Nicole, imitating Charles, I'm courting you. Nicole and Richard laughs. Epilogue God is a very practical God. He wants to be involved and he can be involved. Didn't he turn water into wine? Wouldn't he want to be part of your relationships? He's always there seeking for attention because practical things are important, like breathing. 
Breathing is so practical that you need not think of about it anymore. It just happens. But when it stops, even for a minute, your attention comes to it in an instant. God is practical, creating, coming, and moving with His children, listening, and talking to us too. The End And thank you very much for listening to my story. This is brought to you by ToyPhotographyCollection.com And if you like what you've heard so far, please subscribe to AKV Online Podcast, which is available in iTunes and CastBox. You can also visit my website at akvonline.com. See you next time. Bye!